This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Everybody, thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is Ty Evans. Today, I sit down with Chris Ward. Chris is a strategist from a building a team perspective and also a systems perspective. She also runs a great podcast, Win the Hour, Win Today, and a newly released book as well, Win the Hour, Win Today. So we talk a lot about her systems processes, her podcast, and her book, and get into some great insights on what she does to help her clients and how she's making an impact. If you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Share with like-minded people. If you could, drop me a five-star review. Leave me a comment. It makes it easier for more people to find the podcast. It be much appreciated. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Chris Ward. All right, I've got Chris Ward with me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so you are uh, an author, a coach, a podcast host. You have a lot going on. I do, but the best part of it is, <laughs> I tell people all the time, is you're an entrepreneur. What you want to be doing is you want to be in creation mode way more than admin mode. 60% creation, 40% admin. And most people are in 80% admin, right? So yeah, I can do all those things because I'm at 60% creation mode at all times. You know, I love this idea, you know, win the hour, win the day, um, because I'm a, I'm a firm believer of taking small chunks of your day and compressing time and working with a sense of urgency. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about your book, why you wrote it and who you are and kind of what your experience has been. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a marketing strategist and I started my business, I'd say about 12 years ago, over 12 years ago. And when I started like so many entrepreneurs, I was working insane hours, like insane, crazy hours. And to the point where, you know, I was just exhausted all the time. And my husband would say, you're constantly stealing from sleep and that just can't be your go-to answer for everything. And so, you know, I realized it was pointed out to me nicely that, you go a couple months without sleep and you're not as charming as you think you are. You lose that buffer. You use lose that softness. And so I realized, oh, now I'm just kind of not a great human being around everyone around me that's supporting me. So I thought something has to change. So I started to feverishly examine productivity, team building. How could I do this? Like, how could I, you know, sustain a life? Because I didn't start a business just to, you know, be crazy all the time. And so I, I'm, I made a whole bunch of changes and I was so lucky I did. I went from from 16 hours a day down to six. It was unbelievable how hard I was working against myself for so long. And I started to see real results and man, things got so much better. And you know what? Luckily they did because it was a couple of years after that, my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm. I was pulled away from the business. And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. They did not know that at all. And so they started to ask me under the capacity of running their business, how did I manage that? And so they wanted to work with me under the capacity of team building, productivity, all that stuff. And of course, I had a new appreciation for the fragility of life and that sure. your business should support your life, not consume it. And so that's how when the hour, when the day was born, it was really just because so many entrepreneurs are out there buying into the grinding it out and doing it in isolation. And I just believe that which doesn't kill you makes you really tired. <laughs> 
Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, I've been able to experience both things as well. And I'm sorry to hear about your, your husband's passing. Um, Thank you. But I love this concept because, and I think that the way we've kind of trended in the motivational space and entrepreneurship space, the last three to five years is you have guys that are like, you know, like Gary Vee, work your face off, you know, don't take vacation, work seven days a week, work 18 hours a day. And that's how you become successful. And I'm like, Hey man, that works for you. But most people can't work seven days a week, 18 hours a day, nor should they. Um, so I, I love where you're going with this. Um, and, and so talk to us a little bit is, is the, what is the book comprised of? Is it tactical ways to start to scale down that 16 hours into six hours? Yeah, it is. And you know what? Not to pick on poor Gary Vee, because let's just name, let's give a nameless person, right? Sure. What's happening out there is there is this big thing about grinding it out and that's how, how it's done. And really what I say is it's highlighting a hero in an ill-planned journey. And, you know, it makes for a more dramatic story if you get to tell them all the things that were painful to you. And so it makes you special. I grinded it out. Here's my bloody knuckles. But it, it just doesn't work. Like I've never met an entrepreneur that needed to be inspired or to told work harder. I just haven't. What you need to be told is, listen, you're not a machine. Um, you, you do need to rest. And in fact, all great ideas in the history of mankind were done in relaxation or play. That's how the brain operates. It does not operate effectively when you are just go, go, go. What I call, I'm a recovering Russiaholic. And when I was in full <laughs> Russiaholic mode, that's not when I came up with great ideas because it was just like run, run, run to the next thing, right? So in my book, I definitely, um, I break it down. I, I, people tell me all the time, it's, it's very done differently than any other book out there. It's br broken down into strugglers or successful people. And I give scenarios and examples and stuff and you get to self-determine where you are. And oh, by the way, struggling and being a successful person is not tied into money. Okay. Cause you could be a very wealthy struggler, right? So it's really about the concept that look, you didn't start a business just to run a business. And again, again, I will say your business should support your life instead of consuming it. And it should be fun. You had a job that you left that you didn't like. So business should be fun. And there are ways to make it fun. And it does, it just, you don't need to buy into the hero story of, look, I'm at the top of the mountain and you have no idea how long it took me to climb it because I want you to believe that so that, you know, you look upon me as the hero in this story and I can lead you. Yep. And you do hear that frequent across yeah. all, all channels. Anybody I listen to, you talk about how many years, how many hours, you know, even one guy I listened to, he compresses three days into one day. Um, it just, it, it does seem kind of wild. And I was a total victim of that throughout my twenties and early thirties. And it wasn't until, you know, my wife was like, Hey, I like that you make a lot of money, but come on, dude, rail it in a little bit. Like you're missing time with me. You're missing your boys are growing up right before you, you know, you're not spending time with them. And uh, so where do you start? Is it a, a shift in mindset that you have to get people to acknowledge, you know, kind of where, if you're looking at me or anybody else, like where do you start uh, that to, to help them make that shift? Yeah. So, 
mindset, you know, I guess to me, often that's just a default. We all say mindset. So then we can blame it on something that's intangible. Ah, got to change your mindset. So what am I going to do with that? Right. <laughs> so I would say there's a lot of things at play. There is the false sense that I also wore it as a badge of honor that I was a hard worker. That was a big compliment. I remember saying to my mom one day going, who knew I'd have to learn not to work so hard, but that isn't a compliment, right? So the most successful people in the world, they are not going to praise you on how hard you're working. That's not that that's, that's just bad planning on their behalf. That's how they look at it. So part of it is that buying into the mentality of the culture. And another part of it is you bought into things that happened when you were an employee, right? So I'm a big advocate of creating your win team, your what is next team so that you can get to what is next, what is next, because being an entrepreneur is not about being in 80% admin, right? You didn't start a company to run a company, right? So what it is, is about being creation mode. So if you have a podcast and maybe you want to start doing two shows a week, maybe you want to write a book, maybe you want to write your second book, whatever, mountain you climb, you're going to just get there and go, oh, look at the view from here. So I'm all about compressing what you do so that you have more creation mode, but also your team and team sounds expensive. It's not, I you could have a team of three. Um, just this week, we put something up on our free gift www.freegiftfromchriskris.com. And we put up how to get 200 hours of free labor, high skilled admin labor. And that's from our students. We have had about 30 co-op students through the high schools. They're very tech savvy. This year alone, we've had 800 hours because we've had three students. Each one has to deliver 200 hours. So it doesn't have to be expensive, but you do have to have things set up, what we call our super toolkits, so that you can be effective and you're just not taking work off your desk and dumping it on a VA and then you have to manage that VA and that's another job. So it's really about strategies and the simplicity of those strategies to keep you moving forward. Yeah, I love that. And I really like that you shed light because you are right that your best ideas are spurned from uh, meditation, right? Going to the gym, taking a shower, going yeah. on a walk. You always hear people like, yeah, yeah, I just had this epiphany. I was on a walk or I was in the yeah. gym. And, you know, it's never like I was trying to complete 13 projects and I had the best idea ever. Like that never happens. So how, how does this start to happen though? I want to get your perspective on how do people start to do the 80-20, 80 admin, you know, 20% creation, or maybe it might even be, that might even be generous for some people. Well, it starts in small steps. It's not rocket science, but it is strategic. So when we're working with our coaching clients, you know, what we do is a couple of things. We make sure that, you know, they're set up when we give them their first hire, because we go out and we have this 12 step process and we recruit for them and we, but we make sure that they are set up. So the, right now there's a big push where there's agencies out there and they say, oh, we'll give you, you know, an outsourcer or whatever, a virtual assistant. But that person may be great, but they're, they, they don't know your business. They don't know what's going on in there. Right. And you're not set up to receive them. So for us, we talk about really simple stuff is let's say you're hiring a VA, you know, then you bring them on the first week and you, you start putting things in play and they might be there five hours the first week and, you know, 10, three, three weeks later and simple strategies of like, okay, I need them to do this. So listen, I'm telling you a lot of what you learned in school, kind of a big part of that was kindergarten. It's show and tell. Hmm. So you could use loom and just do a screen capture video for free and show them what you're working on and say, okay, great. Um, I want you to do this. And oh, once you're done that, can you write out the steps? And 
often people hear about systems, you know, they really save yourself stress, time, energy, and money, but systems don't sound interesting. A lot of people think they're going to limit your creativity. They're labor intensive. There's like another thing you have to do, but when they're done well, like our signature super toolkits, what they do is free up your brain really effectively. So you can be more and more in creation mode. When you think of systems, they're usually thinking from an employee mindset back when you were an employee and they were written for liability purposes. They were not put in play to be more creative and to get more work done. And they didn't want your input on the tweaking and stuff like that. So it's really simple steps, but again, it's really important for them to be strategic. We worked on this for years and years and, and got a lot of the growing pains out. And this is what we do in our group coaching and other things that we do, but it's not rocket science, but it is systematically strategic. I have a question for you and, and maybe no one's ever asked this, but I'm curious. So once you go from 16 to six, do you find anybody that ever struggles with the amount of free time now they have? You know, what happens is it's not so much free time, but this happened to me and it happens to all my coaching clients is you're so used to feeling run down and go, go, go that what would happen? It's like, it's, it's almost like an addiction, right? Is that kind of like somebody who hasn't drank for a while and they've got a drinking problem. They think, you know what? I feel so much better. La, la, la. So maybe I could have one drink. <laughs> so <laughs> what happens is you think, you know what? this is great. I started work this morning. I felt great. I felt refreshed. I wasn't tired. And now I'm leaving work because I believe you should start work refreshed and leave fresh. And so now you're leaving work at whatever, five o'clock and you're feeling fresh and you think, God, I still feel good. So maybe I should stay an extra hour or two. Like I feel great. So why don't I stay a bit longer? And then that's where it starts to untangle. We're like, okay, I'll stay, guess what, to seven tonight. And then tomorrow I'm not as fresh. So what happens is you're used to the adrenaline and you're used to working so hard that it does take some conscious mindfulness not to say, oh, I'm so used to going so fast, so hard that I almost feel like I'm not, I'm working half time. But what we're looking for is results. Your results increase dramatically. So don't look at the time, look at the results and you'll see, oh my gosh, my results are so much more powerful this way. But it does mess up the head because you think, oh, well, I still feel good. Maybe I'll stay a little later just tonight, right? right. So that does happen. That's a great question. You're right. I'm not asked that very often and uh, good for you, Tizer. But yeah, you, you buy into the, the habit of how you've lived all those years. Right. And habits are so powerful. Yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer of taking a, an account and an audit of your habits because, you know, you just, you go on autopilot and then you wonder why you never gained any traction going anywhere else. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So talk to us a little bit about what do you think is the most effective way to time block or to set up a, a productive daily schedule? You know, I, I've read Brendan Burchard's high performance habits and I've read James Clear atomic habits. I'm very much into that mindset. So when I chunk things down, I usually chunk them in 30 to 60 minute blocks. I think any more than 60 minutes, I start to get fatigued. Um, so how do you help people navigate around that? That's a great question. So one of my big things is I don't want people to start getting really busy with the calendar. So it kind of reminds me of high school. I remember one, <laughs> one exam period, I was like, you know what, I'm going to build this little calendar and I'm going to color it all up and it's going to be awesome. And if I studied each topic an hour a night, I'm going to be so prepared for the exams. So what happened was, because I, I, I was bored in high school, I, I did really well in some subjects, some subjects, others not so much at all. 
So what happened was one week went by and then of course I, I made this beautiful calendar and did not follow it. So then the next week I revamped the calendar. <laughs> so what I was doing, we could speed this story along is what I did is spend a lot of time making that calendar pretty, but I didn't have a lot of really high end output, right? So what this means for you is, okay, perhaps you've fallen prey to that yourself before. So I'm a big proponent of things being really simple and easy and effective. So when I do time blocking, yes, I think the most simplest thing to do is an hour. And I also think that you take breaks, you know, if you're going to switch gears, like maybe you're working on this and you're going to work on that, you go have a drink, take 10 minutes, whatever, um, and all that type of stuff. What I think that most people fall prey to with the calendar is it's your time bank account. And so many people put outside mm -hmm. expectations on that, but not their work. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they won't put stuff on that they do every day and they'll think, no, but I do that every day. It doesn't need to be on the calendar. So what happens is you're walking in and you might think you have eight hours of work, but you only have five. So I want you to compare that. Like, let's say you say, oh, you know what? My car payment comes out of my bank every month, but I know that. So I don't count it. And that's what you're doing with your calendar. You're like, ah, I do that every day. So I don't count it. So the biggest problem with people not using their calendar is they're not using it for their work. They're using it for outside forces. And their math is off from the moment they walk in the door, they're at a deficit. That is a really great point. Um, it's a really great point. I, want, I wanted to ask you about this because we, we've kind of touched on it though. Um, but is there any other strategies to kind of, you know, avoid burnout? Because I think we see, you see this a lot and, and I don't know if, you know, this might not be your expertise, but when you're helping people, you know, do you suggest like, Hey, you should be looking at how much you sleep. You should be looking at nutrition. You know, you should definitely have a little bit of a, maybe walking 30 minutes a day. If you're not, you know, a gym goer or whatnot to, to kind of come full circle and be a, a well-rounded person to help your body. I'm so much a believer in that. Now I personally find, and I don't know what the science behind this is, but I find more often that most entrepreneurs have a background in sports. I, there, I think there's a high percentage of that. So my belief is they are naturally inclined to do those things when their life is in balance. I will tell you the only time in my life I did not exercise was the first two years of business. And I didn't mean to do it. Just one day sled into the next. And all of a sudden I went on two hours sleep. I, you know, I felt nauseous. Who was going to go exercise, right? And every minute was about the work. So what happens is when we start working with people and I tell them in the beginning, especially our coaching clients, I think it looks like a DUI, like their picture at first looks, it just looks so beat up and tired. And then three months later, they look so good. Um, my clients tell me all the time that they get about 25 hours back a week, the first month working with us. So when they get that time back, then they start to take a look at, you know what? I don't feel good. And they know that and they want to start working out and they're having to go to get whatever, a massage or all these things for their back. And they're having to make time to solve the ailments when they know they used to take care of their body. Right. So I do believe in all that, but I also find that it's not something I have to talk to people about. Once you relieve them of the hysterical stress that they're under, they just put those things back in play. And I, I'm, yeah, I work out every morning I throw the weights around. I do meditation. I'm all about outdoors and biking and everything, but that, that I find for my, the clients I work with, that's part of their lifestyle. It just got squashed off to the side. And then they, all of a sudden they realized they hadn't done it in six months. 
Yeah, no, that's actually, it's a really good point. Um, I don't know too many entrepreneurs that don't like to hit the gym. I just find that some have a, a harder time or, you know, they, they, uh, they're on the go and they're not in control of their time. And so they, they're yeah. swinging by well, in Texas here. We got Whataburger, although I'm a Cali guy, so I, I prefer in and out but you know what I mean? They're swinging by and they're grabbing a fast food because they didn't meal prep because they're always running behind. And so then you get brain fog from the food. And my wife's a holistic nutritionist. So I, I, you know, I, I probably, uh, am more conscientious of it than most people. Well, your wife is right. And I remember the first two years in business, like, listen, I'm all about eating well. And now it's a big thing. Like you can tell a lot about a person by looking at their calendar. And, and I'm like, I stop and have a full and proper lunch every day. And that's one of my things I tell people. It's one of my tail, you know, telltales. Are you eating and working at the same time? That's a really symptomatic of a bigger problem. But when I was working those crazy hours back in the day, listen, when you're rushing around, you are, and you're shoving food down your gullet with your left hand while you're emailing or on the phone with your other hand or doing whatever, that is seldom a salad. You are shoving food down your mouth that you can grab with one hand and go. So, oh boy, I can show you for the first time in my life, I had these pictures of lumpy Chris that were not so pretty. <laughs> so you're right. Everything, what happens is I don't believe that your entrepreneurial journey, your dream should not be at the sacrifice of your health, your family's health, your lifestyle. That's not why you started this. You started it for freedom, for fun, for creativity. Right. And all of a sudden, one month slides into the next. And the problem, the passion I have for this message is because so many people do it in isolation and they're trying to do right by their clients, their team, their family, whatever. And they don't have a spotlight on them showing them like, hey, look, you, you think you're doing good working 16 hours a day, but let me show you, you could be so much more effective doing it this way. No, I think you're totally right. Um, I was going to ask you a question about kind of your prioritizing results um, or targets is kind of what I had written down. And so, you know, what should be people be focused on? Is it the, the end goal in mind or should they just be chunking it up and having a identical target. So for me, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I've got big overall arching goals. I've got five big pillar goals, right? I can't accomplish this year. The things that I have to grow into, I have to work every day towards. So then every day I set three to five targets that align with my overall arching goals. And that's, those are my priorities. They're non-negotiables for me because they're moving me into the future. So I want to get your opinion, your thought and how you kind of align goal setting with target setting and how you prioritize that. Yeah, that's a great question, Tizer. So what I would tell you is, here's an example. Um, you know, when I was writing my book, When the Hour, When the Day, is I remember at the time going, hmm, okay, I needed to get to the editors by June. And because she was just, her schedule, I had to get it in by June. So I worked backwards and I thought, okay, how many pages per day, Monday to Friday, do I have to do to get that to her by June? And it turned out five pages per day. Now, many years ago, what I would have done is, listen, some days I showed up for work and on Mondays, I was like, oh, I don't really have five pages in me, but I think, okay, you know what? Tomorrow I'll be rested up, whatever. I'll be doing this. I, pages will just fly out tomorrow. But when I broke it down to a diet of five pages per day, I realized, huh, if I don't have five pages in me today, I'm not going to have 10 pages in me tomorrow. So yeah, that right. kept me on track, right? 
So that's what I call working backwards. We do this in life. If you have to be, say, with your kids at a sporting event or something, you say, okay, the kids have got soccer at 11 Saturday morning. It's an hour away. They're slow in the morning, blah, blah. Suddenly you're having breakfast at 8 a.m. to be somewhere at 11 a.m., right? So we do work backwards in our life, but we seldom do that in our business. So that's a big thing, work backwards. And the other thing you're right on task there, Tizer, is doing something every day. So what I would say to you is another thing that people do that just works against them is it's when you attack your work in the morning, so many people, 95% go to their emails first. And really that's like opening your phone and opening a whole bunch of apps on your phone. The way the brain operates is you are like just decision fatigue, attention residue works against you and you just burn out yourself much quicker that first hour when you do emails. I would suggest you do those core principles or any training. For me, I'm always working on something as far as training goes. So that's my first hour in the morning. The thing that requires the most focus, attention, or learning, or anything like that, you have spotlight, do that when you're freshest. You can wing the emails later. You think, oh, I'll just scan them in case there's a problem. Well, that's a problem that you think you're looking for problems, right? And that's a deficit and a reaction and all that stuff. So you're right. Work backwards. And then also attack whatever is the most important to you when you're freshest and start there. And then you're right. It has building blocks every day instead of, oh, I really want to do this. So then you drop it and you get burnt out or you get busy or distracted. Then you come back three weeks later, you have to figure out where you left off and you pick it up again and beat yourself up that you did that. And then this vicious cycle continues. Yeah, no, it totally does. Um, I really like this idea. I want to go back to it, the creation mode versus the admin mode. Yeah. And because it is, I feel so much more enjoyment being in the creation mode than I do the admin mode, but it's interesting how people get so stuck in the admin mode is, is, and I've seen this a lot with entrepreneurs. I see it, you know, with, with my wife, she's an entrepreneur. Um, Did we just try to own everything ourselves as opposed to delegation? And so maybe talk to us one, why you think that people have such a hard time with delegation when it comes to their business and to how important it is. Yeah. So what happens is, you know, people often think it's control or they say it's my baby. And I say, well, your baby, your actual baby had doctors and teachers and family and support. So, you know, if we're going to really talk about your baby, take better care of your baby. But what I would say, so many people fall prey to the fact that you often think you're saving money. I know I did for years. I think, Mm. oh, you know what? When I woke up tired, started work, tried to outrun the clock, work to three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'm going to learn this new thing because there's always something we have to learn, whether it's something new on LinkedIn or Clubhouse or new software, whatever. It's just the world we're in right now. Well, all of a sudden, I'm now trying to learn something new at five, six, seven o'clock at night that's outside of my realm of expertise. So what I would tell you is these are what I call the three Ds, damaging overhead, delayed income, diminished opportunity. Mm. Whatever you can sell your service for, let's keep the math simple and say you can sell a $100 package. That admin work you're doing now is now $100 an hour, right? You would never pay for that, right? But you think you're saving money. So the math is backwards and that's what happens. So you've got a lot of damaging overhead when in fact you think you're doing a noble and responsible thing by saving money. Then of course there's delayed income. We don't even know the money you're leaving on the table because you put off getting that income for something and then that put off the next potential income. And then there's diminished opportunity where we've all heard, oh, I wish I, you talked to me sooner because blah, blah, blah. We just hired 
this guy, you know, because you're just in feast or famine mode because you're so busy. You just drop it, pick up when you all of a sudden realize, oh, we need more business and you run back and try to get that. So damaging overhead, delayed income, diminished opportunity, that's what's costing your business a lot of money. I could see that. Um, I like that the 3Ds, those, those work out beautifully. When it comes to the creative time, is there anywhere that you suggest that works well for you? Or, you know, is I don't know, it, maybe the office is the best place for creative time. Or do you say, hey, you know, this is, your, you've got an hour blocked for you to start your creative process. Do you say, yeah, you could do that at your desk. That's fine. Put on some music or whatever. Or you're like, no, get out and, and go to a different setting so you don't get distracted by the admin work. Well, what I would tell you is when you're set up effectively, like, you know, myself or any of my coaching clients, it becomes part of your daily diet, right? Mm -hmm. So again, that would probably be the first hour or the second hour in the morning that you're working on a creation. When I say creation, it might be a project. So for example, with our podcast, Win the Hour, Win the Day, it's all about just general entrepreneur stuff. It could be anything from sales to social media, all that kind of stuff. Right now we're working on doing a double show per week. So our Output will increase to like 100%. It's going to be double our output, but our work is increasing 12%. So right now we're in creation mode of how are we going to now launch the second show? How are we going to do this? There's a lot of creation to that. So I'm going to do that in the morning when I'm freshest. Now, what happens is when your whole infrastructure is set up so that you're healthy and vibrant and you leave work fresh and you start refreshed, then you do get even more ideas, as you said, when you're on the bike ride, walking, even in the grocery store, doing whatever, because you're because you're not in what I call the hysterical rush crazy mode, right? I used to I, I call myself a recovering rushaholic, but the hysterical Chris was always just like, go, go, go! This line is too slow, and we got to get somewhere. So you can't be creative. So you'll find that the creative juices will fall into play a lot more than they used to. But when you're looking for creative output, do what suits you best. But I do think the time is really important. If you want to be in a, a different room with music, great. That's awesome. But look at the calendar and figure out when your highest performance is. And for most people, it's going to be in the morning. It's just how the brain is set up. Yeah, that's for me. And I, I'm guilty. I usually don't take days off. Um, but I, you know, I do it in uh, chunks, but I always find from like 8.30 to noon, I'm just fire. I just absolute fire. And I was, I was, I was out to lunch with one of my guys and um, he's really interested in, in, in getting promoted. And he goes, you know, I, but I know if I do, I'm going to have to work a lot more hours and I'm okay with that working 10, 12 hour days. And I looked at him and I go, dude, I get my job done in four hours a day. And he was like, what? And I go, yeah, dude, it's about being efficient. I don't want to work 12 hours a day, man. And he was like, I go, it's about systems and processes. But it's interesting people's perception, especially as you, you move up this ladder that you have to, you have to work more. And one of the things you brought up, I wanted to ask was uh, talk about your podcast and what your mission there and what you're trying to accomplish. I just want any possible touch point that I can to support the entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, systems and processes don't sound sexy and they're mostly written from a mindset of, you know, covering liability. So I just, and there's a lot more to what I'm doing than just that. So I certainly didn't want to do a podcast where I'd be like, Oh, who wants to listen to systems and processes for the next sure. 10 years? So my, my mission is really just to be another opportunity for them to learn from amazing people. And so again, it could be anything about marketing or whatever. It's just, but we are really big about get to your next win now. We are really big about solid takeaways. I'm always about big results, no fluff. Like 
when you listen to the podcast, you get off and you can try something that we suggested from one of our amazing guests. So big results, no fluff. I'm all about execution, ideas to execution, ideas to execution. Mm -hmm. So important is the execution part. And it, yeah. it's interesting. It's uh, I feel like the workaholic types are probably not bad on the execution, but they lack the ideas. And it seems like a lot of times you can have, I know lots of people with great ideas, but really fail with the execution for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Is that left brain, right brain? I mean, what, I mean, I could be off, but I, I just see that happen a lot. I think what happens is you're so busy that the ideas don't get into execution. I know for myself many years ago or for my clients, you all of a sudden you'd be driving along and you think you had this great idea. And I'm like, huh, I actually had that idea four months ago. It just fell off the radar. Right. So when you're exhausted, when you're a rushaholic, when you're just going around trying to keep up, it doesn't lend itself to creation. So the execution gets lost. That's where we talked about earlier, where you come back after a couple of weeks and you're like, where did I leave off? So really, if you look at any entrepreneur that you're envious of, or you want to have any sort of goals, or you've got professional jealousy, all they're doing is getting ideas to execution consistently. And that infrastructure has to be in play, not just for you, but for your team. Your team has to have stuff in play to compress their time so that they're in creation mode and they can support you. Man, love it, Chris. Um, I love how you can take simple or complex comp, uh, issues and break them down in very simplistic ways, easy and tangible for people to take away. That's a great skill set you have. Well, thank you. I think that's a big compliment because I think anything done really well is explained very simply, right? And yeah. we just put, especially as an entrepreneur, we just dive deeper and deeper into this. And my pet peeve is so often as an entrepreneur, you're going to go do something. Let's say you're, oh, I have to do a new website. So then you think, all right, I'll do it myself. I'll save money, right? And then what will happen is all of a sudden you start learning about SEO and then you realize, oh, I have to know more about that. And so many times you have this goal and all of a sudden you're moving further and further away from the goal because you're becoming more and more educated. Where my big passion is let's move you forward as fast as we can past any goal and expectations you had for yourself and just empower you and invigorate you quicker, big results, no fluff. Instead of always going, I need this. Oh, I need this before I need this before I need this. Ah! And that's where you become this, you know, forced workaholic trying to just get it together. Right. And I think that that also on that same premise is that's what can hinder people from ever getting started. I yeah. mean, how many times you see that and people are like, well, I got to read this book and that book tells them to read this book and they read that book. And you're like, shit, I just yeah. read 25 books in six months and I haven't gotten anywhere. And the more education you get, the more you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's always just, Hey man, just get it started. I don't know about you. When I started the podcast, I literally had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I, ironically, I read crushing it by, uh, Gary V and, um, and he, he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do this podcast thing. And so I was like, all right. So I, you know, downloaded anchor, which I've switched platforms now, but I was like, oh shit, I can just get on here and talk and they'll push it out. I'm like, okay. I'll just do that. I didn't have no idea what I was doing, but I got started. And yeah, now three yeah, years yeah. later, I've evolved. Right. And, I, and yeah. I, took, I took it as I went, but sometimes people just can't, they can't just get the, the foot, uh, put one foot in front of the other to get going. Yeah. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find your book, the podcast and connect with you? 
Yeah, the book is on Amazon, When the Hour, When the Day. The podcast, hey, we'd love for you to check it out, When the Hour, When the Day, anywhere you can grab a podcast. And tell me that you heard me on this fantastic uh, podcast and we'll become fast friends. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, any of the socials, or my, you know, Tizer and I go way back now. So you can have my personal email address, Chris, K-R-S-W-A-R-D at winthehourwintheday.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. For everybody listening, uh, either watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, that will be in the show notes. So you can go scroll right down, buy Chris's book, subscribe to the podcast, or link with up with her um, by email or on her website. Chris, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, I had a technical difficulty because I forgot to plug in my headphones properly. And she was very patient with me for 10 <laughs> minutes. So I sincerely appreciate it. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much.